I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game, my retro gaming podcast, where every week, a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening. This is it, the big one, episode 50. We are talking Super Mario 64 with my buddy Mark McHugh. Uh, This is a big one for me, and I know that 50 episodes to uh, a good podcast might not seem like a big deal, but... I'm pretty goddamn proud of it, man. I don't think there's. I I bet you the average run of a podcast is like six episodes. So we made it to fifty with more downloads than I ever would have imagined we would have over the last year or so. And uh, this is going to be a long intro, maybe a little longer than most of them. Um, But you know what? It's my podcast. I can do that. Thanks for listening. If you're not interested in that, I don't know. Put it on fast forward and get to the chat with Mark about uh, Mario 64. Uh, But but you know, in a perfect world, you hang around and listen to me talk for a few minutes first. Uh, all right, I got lots to talk about. I'm going through my notes here. No, 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 no. All right, uh, we are expanding the podcast. I've been teasing it for for fuck probably since about episode five. It feels like I know for at least the last month. Uh, but we are we are expanding the the podcast. And we're expanding what I'm doing here. Uh, our first Let's Play series officially launches on YouTube today. The series, uh, I'll get more into that in a second. Reviews are coming as well. They'll also be on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com slash remember the game. There are also all the old episodes of the podcast there. All the future episodes of the podcast will be there. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm going to try to subscribe back to everyone that does it. I, 
I might be slacking on that a little bit just because I don't entirely know what I'm doing as far as handling YouTube. But youtube.com slash remember the game. Please check us out. I got lots of cool stuff that's going to be going up there uh, beginning today with our first Let's Play. Uh, we are also... Now officially on Patreon, as you guys probably heard from the front of the show. And listen, I don't, uh, I don't want anyone to be scared off uh, by the launch of a Patreon. I have spent months working on this and trying to figure out how I want to do this, where I don't ostracize a single member of the audience or turn anybody off. The uh, the podcast, you guys, is ad free, all right, and it's never going to change. I've been offered an advertising opportunity and decided I did not want to do it because I don't want to listen to po- advertising on my shows. Uh, the podcast I listen to, I prefer to go ad free. So that's what I'm doing with mine. I guess technically this Patreon plug is an ad, but I won't, I won't talk about Patreon this long every other uh, week. I, I just wanted to this week explain what you guys get for your, for your hard earned money. Okay. So, uh, no ads on the show. I'm never putting regular episodes of the show behind a paywall. There's just going to be a free week sitting there, a free episode every week, just sitting there ready for you to download and listen to at your leisure. Nothing is changing. So if you do not want to subscribe to the Patreon, don't even sweat it. Just enjoy the show. I just appreciate that anyone listens to this at all. Okay. Uh, but this is, this whole project is taking a lot of time for me and it's starting to take more and more time for me. Uh, my equipment is not great. And that's the primary reason that I'm on Patreon. Uh, it's not a business for me. This is a hobby. This is all just a big hobby for me. The, the YouTube, the podcast, playing the games, all of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping now that maybe it's a hobby that can support itself. I'd like to upgrade a little bit of my gear and uh, do some advertising on Facebook and stuff to try to draw more listeners to the show. And that is where your Patreon dollars will go should you subscribe to it, all right? And uh, I am going to give you guys absolutely as much value for your money as I possibly can, including giving back some of the money. And I'm going to quickly explain what you get for subscribing to our Patreon here. This is not going to be something I plug every week. You'll hear the little thing off the top and I'll probably mention it once, but I'll go into the details now. Okay. It's $2 a month. That is our main, that's our lowest tier for two bucks a month. I will give you two additional episodes of the podcast every month. Admittedly, there's probably going to be some growing pains as far as how I get them to you guys. I haven't tried it yet. I, I, I will do everything. You will get your episodes. I promise. Okay. I haven't figured out the exact dates for those yet. These new episodes will probably launch beginning in July, and it'll probably be one every couple of weeks. One of the two episodes will be a, a, an episode in the same style that we're doing right now, except it won't be about a retro game. It'll be about a current game with a more retro flair, like along the lines of The Messenger, Shovel Knight, Celeste, things like that. Uh, the reason I'm not going to do another episode about a retro game in the hidden episodes is because I would hate for someone to have a game they're very passionate about be covered in a, uh, uh, an episode that they had to pay for when they could not afford to pay for it, all right? So that's not going to happen. It's going to be newer games. I only own a Switch for current consoles, but I will do my absolute best to cover games that are on multiple platforms platforms like some of the ones I just listed off there. Uh, So that's going to be one of your episodes. It'll be a standard one, but about a current game. The second episode uh, that you will get every month for your $2 will be a rambling slash Q&A episode. All right. I'm going to talk about gaming, my thoughts on the industry, uh, what I'm playing, things like that, talking about just anything I can think of with video games. Picture like a really long version of the intro. Uh, You'll also be encouraged and allowed to submit questions, topics, anything you want me to talk about for the show. And I know if you're like me, a lot of people uh, hesitate to submit questions or topics uh, to podcasts because they assume that they'll just get glossed over and won't get covered anyway. I'm going to do my absolute best 
to cover everything that gets submitted because quite frankly, I'm worried I won't get anything submitted. All right. So, uh, if you, if you're afraid of that, but you're one of the Patreon subscribers to get this episode, please submit your questions, your topics, whatever you want to talk about. And I will do my absolute best. They don't even have to be video game related. If you just have opinion on something, I am a stand up comedian away from this. If you have questions about comedy, I would be happy to talk comedy with you guys, stuff like that. Uh, so please submit them. You can submit them, uh, on our Twitter, our Instagram at member the game. You can find it over at our Facebook page. Uh, there's, there's an infinite amount of ways to reach out to me and you guys haven't hesitated to contact me in the past. So please continue to do so and submit your questions and, uh, topics for that show as well. All right. So you'll get both of those episodes again without advertising on them uh, for $2 a month. You'll also get a shout out during one of my episodes. I will do a round of shout outs uh, regularly and I will make sure I give you your plug every month. Um, And this is the biggest thing for me. This is one I took the most time to figure out how I was going to make it work. Uh, You will be entered into a draw uh, for some profit sharing from my Patreon. I've decided I want to give back as much as I can. And so for every $20 we raise in a month, I will give $5 of it back to the winner of that month's draw. It'll be in the form of a digital gift card for the gaming service of your choice, Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, what have you. Uh, And it'll all be going, like the whole prize will be to one person. It won't be a ton of $5 gift cards. So if we have a $20 a month on Patreon, someone's gonna win a $5 gift card. If we do $100, someone will win a $25 gift card. I'm never going to cap it. It's just gonna be $5 for every 20 we raise. So if something blows up and this thing ends up hitting $2,000 a month, then someone's winning $500 a month in gift cards. All right, maybe at that point, I'll be just giving away an Xbox or a PlayStation or something. I I can't imagine it ever gets to that point, but that'd be pretty cool. So for $2 a month, you'll get those two podcast episodes, a shout out and an entry into that draw. I'll post a YouTube video uh, once a month doing a reverse draw where I draw out every name, the last name in the hat wins. That way everyone can see their names were in the hat. Uh, And there are a couple additional tiers on our Patreon, uh, a $5 tier and a $10 tier. The benefits are exactly the same. They'll just get you more entries into the draw. Okay, so two bucks a month is all I'm asking for. And if you can't do it, don't sweat it. You're still going to get your episodes. All right. I I can't tell you guys how much I've had stressed out about launching this Patreon because I didn't want anyone to feel like I was trying to rip them off or anything like that. Okay. Oh, and as an added bonus, an added bonus. And we're already halfway there before I even posted the episode about the Patreon, which is like, God, thank you all so much. If we can hit $100 a month with this thing uh, by August, I will order a second Sega Genesis Classic when they come out in September. I will spend all, because I'm going to buy one with my own money for myself. Uh, I will spend uh, the Patreon funds on an additional one and I will give it away in a draw as well. Okay, so if you're interested, if you can spare the $2 a month, please check out at patreon.com slash remember the game. All right, I'm going to do everything I can to make it worth your guys' time. Uh, Just quickly, the money I have left after fees and the giveaway every month, uh, which is honestly, I think for every $2, I'll actually see about a dollar of it after all that stuff, I think. I'm not entirely sure how the fees work, but I know Patreon takes a chunk, PayPal takes a chunk, there's conversions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, The money that actually makes it to me uh, will be going primarily toward upgrading some of my equipment and advertising the show wherever I can, be it on Facebook, social media, whatever I can do to try to grow our audience and grow our community, okay? So I'm not just taking your money and going out and, and snorting it up my nose like a lot of other comedians would uh, or anything like that, okay? I promise you're investing in the show. I consider all my Patreon supporters investors, and that is what we're doing. We're trying to grow this thing together. The more people we get involved, the more people to get on Patreon, the bigger the prize gets to give away it every month. Maybe if we get to a point where it's really successful, it won't just be gift cards. Like I said, I'd love to just be able to give away a console or something like that, but I don't have the money to just go out and buy them myself. 
So that's where this comes in. All right. So thank you so much for listening to that whole rant about Patreon. If you can support it, please do. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Uh, I already mentioned YouTube. Our first Let's Play series should have launched today along with this episode. That'll be June 12th, 2019. Uh, our Let's Play series is going to be called Adam Sucks at Video Games. The first three or four episodes of uh, this Let's Play, I was calling it Remember the Game Retro Let's Plays and then realized how much harder it is to play a video game while you talk to a microphone and I was dying all the time. And the first couple episodes are a little dry. I think it gets pretty entertaining the further in you go. Uh, so we're playing through Super Mario World to start. It's my favorite game of all time. They're 10 to 15 minute chunks. They're not hard to find. YouTube.com slash remember the game. Uh, subscribe if you like it. You guys, please tell me I suck in the comments. You, whatever you guys want to do, totally cool. Reviews are coming as well. I have one about 90% complete. I just wasn't able to get it finished before I launched the podcast, uh, episode 50 of the podcast here. But there are retro reviews coming uh, as well. All right. So YouTube.com slash remember the game. I'm going to try to follow everybody back and all that good stuff. 10 more. I haven't gone too long. I thought I was going to go way longer than that. Uh, quickly, I want to say some thank yous, and then I'll touch on uh, E3, what I've been playing, and I'll get to Super Mario 64. I want to just take a quick moment to thank everyone that has taken time to come uh, to my house and do the show over the last year, or maybe we've met up wherever, in a hotel room while I'm on the road, or what have you. Um, for anyone that's never been to Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada, where I live, I live up in the far, one of the far ends of town, and it can be a pain in the ass for some of these people to get to, primarily because I record during the day, because I work during the evenings with comedy, as a lot of my guests do as well. So uh, they've all taken time to come over and work with me, and I can't thank all of you guys enough. So just quickly, uh, Chris Heber, Christopher DeJerick, Mark McHugh, David Ray, Miklos Blackshaw, Kevin Light, Tyler Sabarin, Andre Camo, Kyle Paul, Kyle, Sh sorry, Kyle Paul, Kyle Shaw, Patrick McGrath, Henry Sir, Ty Brandt, Rob Evans, Daniel Brooks, Darren Morris, and my absolute biggest supporter, my favorite guest, uh, and the my favorite person to play video games with, my nephew Ben. They've all come on the show over the last 50 episodes. Thank you all so much time. Uh, thank you all so much for taking the time to come talk video games with me. It's much appreciated. They're all doing it for free. They're just doing it out of love of the game like I am. So thank you guys all so, so much. Um, and most importantly, thank you, uh, the listener, whoever this, whoever I'm talking to right now, I'm talking to you specifically. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to all of you. But guys, I, I say it every week. I say it a ton. I say it on social media and stuff all the time. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is the second podcast that I've run. And my first podcast, I hit about 80 episodes and I maybe cracked a thousand downloads over 80 episodes. We're creeping up on 10,000 downloads and that's in less than 50 episodes. Like that boggles my, boggles my mind that anyone cares. I've had people reach out from Australia, from New Zealand, from Argentina, from the States here in Canada, just everywhere. Um, if you're listening to this, wherever you are on the planet, thank you from the bottom of my heart even if you don't subscribe to the patreon if you've never left a review it doesn't even matter the fact that you're interested in listening to my rambling means the absolute world to me so thank you guys all so much all right 12 almost 13 minutes of fucking rambling good stuff uh just quickly e3 just finished and when i say just finished like literally like an hour ago i watched the nintendo e3 conference and that was the end of e3 uh i'm not gonna get too far into it this is mostly a retro gaming podcast maybe i'll touch more on e3 uh in the extra podcast that i'll be putting out next month that's available to all patreon subscribers for two dollars a month i promise i'm not gonna be the guy that plugs it all the time it's just the first week i had to say it uh quick thoughts on e3 is that final fantasy 7 remake looks fucking incredible 
to the point where I may have to pick up a PlayStation 4 just to play it. Uh, looks sick. And I thought Nintendo killed it. Their conference was great. Banjo-Kazooie being in Smash is pretty rad. Luigi's Mansion looks awesome. Uh, I'm excited for Fire Emblem. There's a ton of games that I'm really looking forward to on it. There's a sequel to Breath of the Wild being developed, which is huge. I'm a little disappointed that there was no SNES games announced for online or anything like that, but that's just because I'm an old man and uh, I do not, I, I mean, <laughs> I've done it a hundred times on here. I do not get why Nintendo sits on this incredibly valuable catalog of games and doesn't do anything with them, but whatever. There's lots to play. I have nothing to worry about. I'll be busy for the rest of the year. Uh, E3 was rad and now it just feels like Christmas. It feels like Christmas morning is over now once E3 is done and you've opened all your presents and now it's like, well, now what do we now we just wait i guess uh it's like opening your presents and then not actually having the presence there i guess that's a better analogy that's a terrible fuck 50 episodes of this and i still suck uh what have i been playing this last week not much i've been on the road for comedy i've been doing a ton of editing and stuff like that but i have been uh playing a little bit more steam world heist and i've also been dipping into like the the extra modes on resident evil 4 like the little extra add-ins i think they were dlc at one point uh they've been fun but that's been about it i haven't had time to play a lot um Resident Evil 4 is still incredible. But that's enough. 15 plus minutes of rambling. I've talked about what I've played. I've talked about opinions. I've talked about everything else. Let's talk Super Mario 64. That's the game we were talking about this week for episode 50. I've had this game in mind for this episode since about the 10th episode of the show. I love Mario. And I love the main core Mario platforming series more than any franchise in gaming. Uh, but this is not my favorite game. And I've teased that opinion about a hundred times over the last year. And now I'm going to try to explain why that is. I'm going to cue the music. My buddy Mark McHugh is here to celebrate 50 of these monstrosities with me. We are talking Super Mario 64, which was initially released in North America on September 29th, 1996 with the Nintendo 64. And if that doesn't make you feel old, then I don't know what does. That's a long time ago. Kick back, relax. Take a trip down memory lane with us as we talk about the all-important, all-encompassing, legendary Super Mario 64. Take it easy. Here we go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me when you're not strong. I hope my singing didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. 
All right, buddy, this is it. This is the big uh, 5-0. First and foremost, I'd like to welcome my guest, uh, the, uh, one of the most requested people to come over and talk video games with me on this crappy podcast, and that is my buddy Mark McHugh. How are you, my friend? Doing all right. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, I'd like to quickly apologize in advance for the quality of my voice. Uh, as we record this, I was at a stag party 48 hours ago and had a little <laughs> too much to drink and got a little too loud. Uh, enjoy it. I sound like I just hit puberty. Enjoy the show. <laughs> and uh, speaking of puberty, here's my segue. Speaking of puberty, some would describe this game as Mario's pubescent stage from the 2D to the 3D era of video gaming. A little, I can see it. One of the most historic video games of all time that, uh, that I've got a few opinions on, and I'm going to get them off my chest. For episode 50, we are talking... Super Mario 64. For the Nintendo 64, maybe one or two of you guys have played it. I've heard of it before. It's not bad. Mark? You hate it. I love it. I think it's, like, considering what it came... Like, it came from nowhere. And I think that, like, it's a huge, huge accomplishment just on that alone. It is. Um, like, my favorite story is, like, I guess... Did you ever play Bubsy 3D? <laughs> No, I love Bubsy. Bubsy like no. like the first two games I played, but I never played so, 3D. Go and take a look at Bubsy 3. Just watch a video of it. Yeah. It's garbage. And it was in production at the same time as Mario the 64. And so the te- like the team from Bubsy, they're like, we've never the- like nobody had seen a 3D game like this before. Right. So they were building something that they thought looked pretty good. Sure. And then they saw like promotion for mario 64 and they're like we need to scrap this we can't do this right we can't put out what we have and the studio's like too late gotta put it out uh, so bubsy 3d is garbage we should do an episode on bubsy 3D. i gotta find a way to play it to fucking do one of these on it i'll tell you buddy this is interesting this game for me because uh anyone that's listened to this show uh i don't want to say religiously but regularly that's the word i'm looking for anyone that's listened to this podcast regularly over the last 49 weeks, knows uh, I have I have some very mixed opinions of this game. And coming into this podcast, uh, I was like, I fucking hate Mario 64. And I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Mario's my favorite franchise of all time. This is my favorite series ever. I hate this game. And the more I did my homework and, and read reviews and, and watched gameplay and stuff like that, I still don't like it. But there, I don't. I respect it much more than I you did. You don't hate it. I respect as it. much as you did. Like, let's call a spade a spade, everybody. So where's the hate coming from? There's, the... there's a few. There's a few things. Okay. The thing about Mario 64 is like, and I get it. Like, I'm a Nintendo fanboy through and through, right? But when Nintendo launched the NES, people saw what Nintendo because I know that Nintendo, like, the NES was not the first cartridge-based system in, in America mm-hmm. or anything. Like, blah 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 blah. But let's all agree that NES like the was the one great that one. the NES was the one that figured it out. Yeah. Like they saved video gaming, right? And when Nintendo released the NES and they released the original Super Mario Bros. and everything, uh, there were a lot of imitators. Nobody could duplicate what he did. Some would argue Sonic did. I disagree with that. But a lot of people have tried to do what Mario Brothers did. They just, I, for my money, they had no one's been able to do it quite as well as no. them. Mario 64 was basically them starting over and doing it all over again. They were the first team, and this is the first, for my money, this is the first 3D platformer, maybe one of the first 3D games like this, to really figure out how to do 3D. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Bubsy, I never played it, 
But Bubsy is one of many examples of 3D games that sucked. That didn't figure it out. Because people didn't. And then once Mario 64 came out. A I, lot of people rushed into the 3D buddy, platformer. Yeah, and I guarantee you a ton of game developers bought, played Mario 3D. And then were like, or Mario, Mario 3D, Mario 64. And then we're like, oh, this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because N- Nintendo figured out. Like let's just like I'm I'm not even gonna get into the game the to the to the the game itself yet I'm talking about the mechanics of it forget all the open worldness and all that we'll get into that in a minute um, they found a way to make the camera work with the platforming and the moving him around and everything like that because they probably could have literally just left the camera right behind him the whole time mm-hmm. and maybe it would have worked you know what I mean but instead what they did was they gave you the ability to control the camera and in classic Nintendo way they introduced it in a clever way. And in this case, it's Lakitu coming in with the camera hanging off of his fishing pole, and it's like the first thing you see in the game, right? And that, and I like, I'll give them all the credit in the world for that because that's really clever to and have like, this. A lot of 3D games did not figure out, like even after this. Like I'm halfway through playing Final Fantasy VII right now, mm-hmm. which is a great game. I'd actually never played it before, but the one thing I've noticed is the camera is ridiculous, like. Every like every new area you enter from, it seems that they just put the camera in a random spot. So right. there's no like whereas in here they've actually created an environment with a free moving camera. Yeah. And it's I mean, well the problem for other games is they don't have Lakitu. Mm-hmm. Like he's owned by it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> um but you know you're right. Like I mean, even when like I just finished playing Resident Evil the first one, for the first time in my life, I played through the entire Resident Evil on my PS Classic there. And uh, and there's no controlling the camera. It's just set in certain places. And for that game, it works perfectly because it kind of adds to the atmosphere and everything like that. But for a big running around, action-y 3D game like this, like Nintendo deserves a ton of credit. And I would love to have been a fly on the wall watching them try to figure out how do we make this fucking camera work? Because I'm sure they had a ton of growing pains trying to figure out how to make this camera work in conjunction with controlling this guy in 3D. For me, yeah, for me, like Mario sixty four, it was a it it was a marvelous game. I don't think it topped uh, the Super Nintendo one though. I don't either. No, I 100%. I think that they tried to go like I like the direction they went in with the castle and all of like the weird hidden secrets you can find in the castle right. and like all the paintings. And... To, yeah, totally. Like to me, when you look at the two D Mario games. There's the super like just forget okay we'll, we'll go okay so there's Super Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers two the weird one Super Mario Brothers three and there's Super Mario World mm-hmm. okay and to me in this in the 3D version Super Mario sixty four is Super Mario Brothers where it's it's the it's the it's the bare not bare bones for lack of a better term but it's the it's the first step it's them yeah. figuring it out Mario Sunshine is the Super Mario Brothers two where it's this fucking weird game. That's, you know, it's got its mechanics down and stuff, but it's weird, right? Yeah. And then to me, Mario Galaxy and Mario Galaxy 2 were the Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World of 3D gaming because they figured it out. Like, like I, I adore yeah. the Mario Galaxy games. Like, I, think I adore them. I think both in their atmosphere and just their execution. Yeah. I think they're... I think they're incredible games. Uh, totally. Because I, as a whole, I, I almost always prefer 2D game to 3D game. Like, almost always. I just find it... I don't like controlling the camera. Mm-hmm. And that's my first major criticism of Mario 64. And before I sit on this and people get mad at me and turn off the podcast, I just spent five <laughs> minutes sucking Nintendo's dick over the fact that they figured out how to work a camera. And I'm giving them that. I just... I'm telling you, man. I've beaten this game. I've gotten every star in this game. I owned it as a kid. I played the shit out of it. I could never completely wrap my head around 
how that fucking camera worked. And and specific because it was it was a little clumsy. It was. And in specific and I wrote it down because I thought of it. In specific instances are things like when you're hanging on to like do you remember the world where you're in like a cave or something and you're like on the poles? Yes. And you have to jump from pole to pole. The yes. amount of times I missed one pole to another just because I could not get the fucking camera to you line need, up. Yeah, you needed to time it just like exactly. Yeah, like I almost felt like I was competing. Like I almost, at times I felt like the camera was an enemy. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, it would beat me like a scrolling screen would because it would just not be in the right place and then my jump would be off a little bit and I would fall or or what have you. Um, and that's my number one criticism of this game. And I feel, the, and like, and we already covered this. We'll go back to episode two or three please, or four, whatever it was, uh, I felt the exact same way about Ocarina of Time, and I mm. felt the same way about Majora's Mask, and about a ton of these 3D games in that first generation. I can, I, I've never figured out playing it with the camera. I just can't do it. I don't know why. For me, what really made me mad about that level is there's like, you know how you collected 100 coins and you'd get a star? Mm-hmm. I remember collecting 100 coins like on that level, and then the star appeared above like while i was climbing up one of those things there, right i got a coin it was my hundredth coin the star appears somewhere where you cannot get in the level oh fuck so annoying i just and like that was possible to happen in so many instances that i i guarantee you i died more in this game from uh uh or, or like or like uh, another example is like the bowser levels which were actually my favorite levels where you were climbing those weird ass excuse me like just 3D shapes in that are floating in space. Yeah, and well, the fucking... cool thing about the Bowser levels is they played like a 2D level. Yeah, but there were still instances where the fucking camera would bone me, and I just... God damn it. Like, it makes me mad right now just thinking about it. Like You just watch yourself fall yeah, all the way down. watching him do his stupid scream and his fall, and I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to work. And what, what I... Okay, because this game introduced the, the triple jump... And that that long jump, you know, where you you crouch and then hit jump, and he does his like super long mm-hmm. jump, uh, which are my two favorite. Like I f- mash the fuck out of those moves in most Mario games, but uh, in this one, I just I would find myself constantly using it, and then or like even in the very first world, and maybe people are just listening to this and saying I suck at video games, and maybe I am, maybe that is true, maybe I do suck at video games, but like the very first world where you have to run up the big mountain mm-hmm. in the circle. And there would be times where I would, and this is on me for trying to do that long jump because I'm impatient and I want to go faster. But uh, I would not, I would read the angle wrong, fucking jump and go over the edge and then have to come back up the whole fucking mountain again. And don't even get me started on once you get the that flying. That definitely sounds like on you. <laughs> it totally probably is. But like, or like, or fucking when you get the flying hat, like trying to control him with that goddamn flying hat, just, I never could figure it out. I just, I just. Yeah, I think it was like up was down and down was up or something. I just thought it was weird. I just thought it was and like, listen, like I know I, and I do suck at games, but I'm good at Mario games. It's like the one thing I get. And I just could not wrap my head around this game. And it, and it just, the, con- the control scheme for it is is acceptable based on the fact that it was the first of its kind. And I get that it was revolutionary and new and, and everything. But I just like, you will never convince me to like this game or its controls. And I even bought it on the Wii U on the virtual console years ago just to be like, no, I'll give it another shot. Exact same thing. I was like, fuck this game. After about three hours, I got so angry. I would angry. honestly love to see like 
a remake of this, like a 3D, like an HD remake of this game. Oh god, if they like, remade this as like Galaxy style or even Sunshine or like, style or, or even Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Make it looking like Odyssey. I'd like, play the shit out of it. Yeah, I think that would be great. In Odyssey, when you oh yes, minor spoilers, I guess for Odyssey, even though it's like two and a half years old or whatever yeah. it is. Um, when you get to Peach's Castle near the end, and it looks like the Mario 64. It looks like the Mario castle. 64 one, but it doesn't look exactly no like, but it was it was enough to make you be like oh neat like that's like, kind of cool oh, it's, this brings me back a bit and then it, like things would be different and then be like oh well this is weird now so now having shit on it for a few more minutes uh like i said i respect what it's done and like listen i'm not stupid like this is one of the like i get especially like how old are you uh 30 okay so you're five years younger than me so then like so this game came out in north america in 1996 and I remember getting this game for my birthday that year. It was two months after it came out. And so I would have been 13 when this game came out. But that means you would have been like eight. Yeah. So for your generation, this is like when I was eight, I was playing Super Mario World for the first time. When I was, I think I was like four or five, I played Super Mario World sure. for the first time. So I, yeah, like, so you were like that eight, nine, ten years old when you were playing Super Mario 64 and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I like, listen, I totally understand. My brother is three years younger than me. And I promise you, he loves this game more than Super Mario World. I promise you. Well, and I, and it's I'm not, just when this game came out, we had never seen anything no, like it. No, it was before. new, right? And I get it. I love the concept of it. I love the open world. I think that the way that they... And if there's a game that did it before them, I can't think of which one it is. The way that they didn't need to use a map and found a way to introduce like an overworld where you could go to all these different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to this day, I still think is ingenious. And I know well, they still they made, do it. They made a really interesting overworld, which I think was like the best part. Of, At, like they made something that you were like, ooh, I want to... Like they had so many locked doors and so yeah. many like doors hidden by... And so many... You spent so much time being like, I want to see what's behind this door. Yeah. It's one of my favorite memories of this game. Because even I, like, even as someone that doesn't particularly like this game, like, I can't, dude, just watching the videos and hearing the music and watching the game, like, the nostalgia mm-hmm. triggers is is almost unparalleled in gaming. Did you also, uh, did you also drop the penguin off the cliff? Of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. Little dude, shit. I don't know, like, it's just something that everybody did when they played this game. Yeah, I love that that meme is kind of blown up now and everybody's <laughs> talking about the people that killed the penguin in Mario 64. Did everybody killed the penguin? Of course we did. And if you didn't, then you're lying. Or you, you, you didn't kill play the Mario 64. You could kill the penguin and get away with it. Because yeah. the mom gives you the star. Yeah. You could just take it from her and just be like, all right. I hated my kid. Um, <laughs> I, I think they deserve a ton of credit for the way they came up with their overworld. I think that the design of it, of being in that, like, it might be the greatest overworld in gaming history. And when I say, and I know that maybe that's a little bit of a hyperbole, but like we had all played the 2D Mario games coming mm-hmm. into this. And then to get a chance to just run around Peach's Castle and do whatever you want. And it feels like every time you thought you had found everything, you found something yeah. else was so, it was a level in itself. Well, and also it was like, you didn't, like I really appreciated how non-linear it was. Mm-hmm. Like you could get the first star from the first level and then go somewhere else and then come back to that first level way later. Whereas like even Odyssey, I was like really disappointed with how it was laid out. It was like, first you go to this level then you go to that level. Yeah. You go to this other level where I so much loved the idea of, Mario 64. Especially like in a day where like we, we didn't really have the internet. There was no way to look up mm-hmm. how to get all the stars or anything. All you had was that hint. Mm-hmm. Between every level, you know, whenever you went into a world, they gave you a hint on what the next star was. Yeah. But at any point, if you were stuck in a world, 
the, or if you got bored of a world or you, you were stuck or whatever, do something else, hop usually. out and go to another world, right? How many of us, like I guarantee you, if you're listening to this and you grew up playing this game, how many of us just ran around the castle for an hour? Yeah. Like just jumping around and looking for things and collecting coins and, and just fucking around. And there were like walls world. that you could jump into. Yeah. And there was like caps you could find. And... Like I, to, to me, like, I mean, obviously the biggest thing Mario 64 accomplished was they figured out how to do 3D gaming. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, and I'm, I know I've shit on it, but I'm not stupid. I understand how big a deal it is. Having said that to me, the second biggest thing this game did was, uh, was the, not like the overworld slash, um, like navigation concept that they came up with with this game. Go from world to world anytime you want. Jump into these cool paintings, and then you're in a whole different world. But yeah. at any point, you collect a star or whatever, you come back to the to the main hub world over and over again. You know what I mean? Like like playing Super Mario Three or even Super Mario World. You go from from. I mean, when you play Super Mario Brothers Three, you go from the desert to the to the water to Giant Land to skyland so but i mean but like once you go to skyland you're stuck in skyland until you beat all the levels and get through skyland yeah whereas mario 64 they were like wouldn't it be cool if you could go to skyland but then play one and then be like i don't want to do this one anymore and go out and go to another one you know what i mean like and like they still found a way to like make the difficulty curve there totally yeah well with their fucking camera no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just kidding sorry go ahead but like yeah you would unlock like the first level you know it was pretty it was like pretty easy and then they yeah. send you to the basement and then like if you're poking around in the right places you find like the boo mansion yeah which is like there were levels like boom mansion like i th- i can't remember i think it was was it big boo's mansion was that the name of the i think world? so yeah i think so where you could play the whole game and not even know it's there yeah yeah you're right like it was like i mean and again you gotta remember like we know the internet in 1996 or it was in the very basics like i don't know i never had home internet in we didn't know yeah like so it was like you would go to school and tell your friends like dude go down here do this 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 you'll find like, a world or this is on that ghost right and there's a thing in there or what is this star like what does this star's hint mean and you're like mm-hmm. oh well it means like dude actually you know what i just thought of remember in the very first world when you go up the like the bridge and there's the giant chain chomp on the yeah. like on the peg and you can see the star in the cage behind them you could do that one but, first. Yeah, yeah, but you got to figure out. You're like, why do I get that star? Because you're like yeah, that. That big chomp is kind of intimidating. And everything, you know what I mean? Like, and I remember seeing that and but just being there like, that are is... also there's also like a field nearby of just those pegs. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of teaches. They're going to teach. Concept. You. It, keeps, yeah. it teaches you the concept of like, oh, you could go over here and stomp on these pegs. Yeah, and then you see the one, and you're like, oh, I and it's pretty easy to figure out. Yeah, it was pretty clever. You know, like they could have just like. Again, I would love to have been a fly on the wall and, and seen how they discovered, like how they figured it out. Because like, I have to wonder if when they originally came up with the concept of the game, it was still going to be a like, you just have to get to the end of each level. Yeah. And I wonder if part of the reason they decided to put all these different objectives and stars in each level and everything is because they were like, it's a lot of work to create one of these levels. If we have to create 80 of them, like for a yeah eight worlds or and whatever I think it was like something like there's 12 worlds sure or something. If, they, if they were like we have to create 80 levels this big where you just run through and get to the end of each one that's yeah too much so let's just put a whole bunch of levels in one level type thing you know what i mean like well and then in that in itself set a new standard for gaming totally yeah and the way that it wasn't just like and the fact that like to beat a level your objective like i know at the end of the day your objective was to get a star but the to, to, to get the star the way that their objective would change every time 
Mm-hmm. It was like, and this time you have to go up and beat this giant thwomp that is going to try to squash you. Or you have to race against this turtle sure, in yeah. this giant land. You have or... to ride down a, a, a fucking giant slide, and which is another thing I suck at, uh, and beat like a, a penguin to the end of a slide you, or whatever. Did you know about the secret wall? I did, yes. Yeah. Um, like, it's really... And this is what I'm talking about. Initially, I was like, fuck this game. I'm going to give it a two out of 10. And then the more I read about it and watch, the more I'm like, dude, that's all pretty genius stuff. Like they came up with so many clever. It didn't age well because like, again, it was their first attempt at 3D gaming. Mm -hmm. Whereas like they kind of figured it out more with subsequent tries at it. Yeah. Uh, Another note I put in here uh, that I loved as and we all loved this as a kid was just screwing with Mario's face. Yeah, like at the very beginning. Right? I'd never seen anything like that. Like we'd never, because this is the first time we heard Mario talk. Yeah. Aside from like the shitty cartoons and stuff like that. And like, there was actually, Charles Martinet, this I think was his second game that he played Mario. And the first was like Mario's typing or something. Okay. Like to hear, yeah, like this was the first time like a game that most of us yeah. played. We got to hear like that, that high pitch, like yeah. at the very Eat beginning. Me. Yeah, yeah. Where he go like, hello. Oh, and then you could just mess with his face. Like, that was and, the coolest thing. And there was no part of me that was like, because this was a silent character to so much, to, yeah. to most of us for so long. Yeah. And then you hear his voice and you're like, yeah, that's his voice. Yeah. How many of us just sit there and, and oh, I almost said the word jerked off on his face. Uh, <laughs> how many of us just like, I think we need to discuss this. Yeah. We might have to change some. This is why I hate this game. Uh, but how many of us, like, I, I, I can't even tell you, like, every time you turned the game on, tell me you didn't at least spend like 10 seconds. Like yeah. just pulling on his nose or like something, you know what I mean? Like it was so yeah. cool to be able to do that kind of stuff. We never done anything like that. I like before. just do something weird with it for a bit, and then like you release the button and then go and play the game. Yeah, I had to look it up too because uh, I wasn't sure. If I'm not mistaken, and I don't believe I am, the only launch titles for the Nintendo 64 were this and Pilot Wings. Pilot, yeah, Pilot Wings was and the other one. I'll tell you, man. Like, but like this was the game. That sure. Started. Pilot Wings didn't sell anybody on the system. No, I would. I think that most people would agree that. Well, I, I was gonna. Okay, so like Super Mario World is a pretty good launch title that mm-hmm. came packed in with the Nintendo. This one didn't come packed in. You had to buy this one. You did, yeah. But Super Mario sixty four, Super Mario World, and Breath of the Wild have to be the three greatest launch titles of all time. Don't I agree? And like, listen, you know I'm a Mario guy. Yeah. But I'm like, I look at Breath of the Wild and I'm like, if, like a, yeah. how, how do you not argue that that's the greatest launch title of all if time? You, if you skip the Wii U and you see that, you're like, yeah, I would very much like to go run through some trees. Yeah, and yeah. Rivers and stuff. But like for Nintendo to be getting ready to compete with PlayStation and the first, because the first PlayStation fucking lit it up. That was yeah. the first non-Nintendo console I ever owned. Yeah, and the PlayStation mm. was great. I loved it. I it loved was, that thing. So, and I think it's outsold the N64 it like did. four to one. Or it did. Something. It kicked Nintendo's ass because Nintendo. I mean, and like, listen, we won't get all into it every day, but like, if you, if you guys want to know more about it, you know that I'm not the gaming historian. You guys can look it up. Basically, Nintendo at one point was working with Sony to reveal or to launch like a disc uh, add-on to the Super Nintendo. (laughs) And then at the last minute, Nintendo kind of went like, yeah, forget it. And Sony was like, well, they went with Philips. Yeah. And then Sony was like, okay, well then we'll do, we already have this thing developed and they just launched their own system. Nintendo went with cartridges. Sony went with discs. Sony got Final Fantasy seven because they went with discs and the rest is history. Nintendo's never caught them. Like the switch is the closest. Oh, I guess the Wii sold like gang, but the Wii, Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer, you're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes, you drop your phone on the delete key, your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is, hey, lightning strikes the transmitter, doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating, which is why you need backup, literally. 
in the form of CrashPlan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com RTG. CrashPlan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, CrashPlan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and back up all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if your computer decides to jerk you around, and they do, and you lose your work, a backup is waiting for you. And it's not a backup from yesterday, it's a backup from the last 15 minutes. Come on now, that's... It's pretty sweet. And not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work, they can back up unlimited versions of your work. So it's like a rewind button. Realize you screwed something up an hour ago? Just rewind an hour, go find an old version of it, and you're just like that. You're done. You're back to the races. It's awesome. Time is money. Don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. He sucks yeah. though. Um, but like, I love the Wii. But no, like Sony's been the king since. Like yeah. they've been untouchable. And it, I just, I, I, I guarantee, you, if you could give Nintendo one call back, they they don't turn their backs on Sony. There, they keep them. Yeah. But having said that, like I was gonna say, when you launch your console, uh, and you're up against Sony and the PlayStation and everything, and you're one of your only two launch titles, and I don't know if this thing, I don't remember if the 64 launched before or after the PlayStation, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make is they launched it with. Uh, what the game is iconic is Mario 64, you know, like, and, and, and Mario Kart 64 was quickly after. I know. That. I saw Mario 64 at a friend's house and I was like, I want that. Yeah. I it, want, and that was like what I wanted for my birthday. It, and then like, uh, that's what I wanted for Christmas when I didn't get it for my birthday. And yeah. That's what I like. I tried to save up like my $10 a week allowance, but like, I, I think my parents just eventually bought it for me. Right. With like, and they brought, they bought a, we got Mario 64 and we got Banjo-Kazooie. Those are the two games pretty, we got. Pretty good combo. Which, yeah, pretty good combo. It's funny because I think when most people think of the Nintendo 64, like obviously Mario 64 is there. I th- mm. I, I would guess most people think of probably... GoldenEye? Oh, GoldenEye or Ocarina yeah. are probably the two. But Mario 64 is there. The Mario Party games are there. The wrestling games are huge. Mario Kart Mario 64. Kart, yeah. Like, I mean, this game, this Even console. like little games like Glover and like. Dude. Did you remember Chameleon Twist? No. Oh my God. There were so. You played as a chameleon that looked like a per. It was a really fucked up game. but they, <laughs> And it was like really short, but they were fun games. Right. Like, I mean, the 64 is a lot of great game and obviously a ton of great memories with people. Pokemon Snap. Like, there's tons. Um, <laughs> I, loved, but- I loved Pokemon Snap, but I was so pissed off like when I got it. And I realized it wasn't like a full Pokemon right. game. It was just, like I thought it was like Pokemon sixty four, and I was like, "All right, let's do this." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "This is still fun, but it's not what I wanted." Yeah, but I think that like <sighs> Mario sixty four. I mean, I, it's not. It's we all know this, but like it paved the way for all of these things, right? Like it's like like it's the the Nintendo sixty four is the system Mario sixty four built. Mm-hmm. Without Mario sixty four as a launch title, I don't know where the Nintendo sixty four ends up. No, it would have failed because it because needed it. Sony right? had Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, so many of us grew up with Mario and seeing him in two D and stuff, and then hear his voice and see him running around and 
And not that you could you could just move them left and right, but you could move them up, down, backwards. You could fly. Yeah. You could turn them into metal and make them walk around at the bottom of the water. The and- really, the thing I really liked was the power ups in this game. And like you remember in like the super in Super Mario World, mm-hmm. they had like the Switch palaces. Yeah. And I really liked this game's take on like the unlocking of the power ups. Like yeah. instead of doing Switch palaces. There were hidden rooms in the castle. Right. Like you would have to like find that one that was like underwater and then you'd go and then suddenly you were, I think it was for the invisibility cap. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You could turn invisible. Yeah. You could turn metal. You'd have to like, you'd have to look up at the ceiling to unlock the, like the flying one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You looked into the sky or something. Mm. Yeah. Pretty clever stuff, because it's another thing. They could have just gone with the cape and the flower if they'd wanted to. They could have, but they came up with new ideas, and like, I really like that. Yeah. I really like that every subsequent 3D Mario game has been like, what is our take on power-ups this game? Yeah. It's never been like... I mean, with the exception, I guess Mario Galaxy just went with like the fire flower and then... like. Yeah, but even it had like it had an ice flower and there was stuff. an ice flower yeah there's always something I, i've just yeah like i'll tell you man like loving mario games like i do that's always one of the things i'm excited about is to see what the power-ups are you know like i mean recent years we've had the bee suit, i think, the, we've had I the think odyssey suit. was one of the most ingenious oh, takes on it to be able to control everything mm-hmm. was unheard of but yeah i never even thought of that but like you know what's cool about mario 64 power-ups too is not only are the power-ups neat but they play to the 3d strengths of Mario 64. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'd already been able to fly. We've been able to fly since Super Mario Brothers 3. But to turn into the metal guy that could walk around and because he could walk in water and stuff yeah. like that, right? Like you walk underwater. Right. And like, like that's a cooler version of the frog suit. Or you can get an invisibility like you can get the invisibility cap and then like walk through metal bars and right. stuff. Right. That's right. Yeah. Like it's like those are power ups that like if they had been in 2D, it would have been cool, but it wouldn't have done nearly what mm-hmm. the, they did in 3D, you know? And another thing that this game uh, that I will give it all the credit in the world for is uh, this was the first game I ever played with an analog stick. Yeah, because um, this was like this was the game to introduce everybody yeah. to the analog stick, and, and that's what pisses me off so much about the DS remake is because the DS like this game came out on the DS, and the DS I don't know if you remember did not have an analog stick. It was just the four directions. I never played the DS one. The DS one I. It has more stuff, and it had, like, more characters that you can switch in between. It just frustrated. I didn't like it. Right, because, like, I will say, and I always thought this was cool, and it's, like, in the very first world, they play into it. Um, I love that they, they built in that, like, if you just tilt the stick a little bit, he tiptoes. Mm-hmm. And then if you put it halfway, he walks, and then he runs. And there's a part in the first world where the piranha, pan, piranha plant is sleeping, and, and you, you can tiptoe by them. Yeah. And uh, I, re- I remember thinking, like, that, okay, that's pretty rad. Because, like, that's yeah. impossible with a D-pad. And, like, they didn't do much with that. No, but it was enough to show you what it could do, yeah. you know? And then another thing they do that I think was was well done with the analog stick is they really beat it, built in the, um like, the tightness of it. And when I say that, I mean, like, you know when you're fighting, like, the giant thwomp? Mm-hmm. And the way as soon as you, like, run by him and he does his slam, like, it, you can, like, like, on a dime... Like and I'm, I'm acting with my thumbs for some fucking reason, but like you can, you, like on a dime, you can spin that stick and he'll turn. Like Mario, like on on the spot, turns around and you're facing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was no gradual bring him back around type thing. Like, yeah, uh, it was just you could switch back and right. forth real quick. Like I wonder. I mean, and I guess like a good podcast host would have looked this stuff up, but that's <laughs> on them. Um, like I wonder if they if they designed the game first or were designing the game and then were like, okay, well the analog stick like was what we need for it. Or if they'd already decided it was going to be this like, 
I have to assume they'd already decided it was going to be a very sensitive, twitchy analog stick, mm-hmm. and then they were going to go with. I this feel game. a little bit like Nintendo. Like Nintendo will base their console or their consoles around their launch titles. Like right. even for Super Mario Odyssey, when they were developing that game, which wasn't an, a launch title, right? But it was the first big Mario game for the Switch. Yeah. So when they were designing that game, they were like, "Well, let's have him throw something," and that kind of informed the idea of like hey what if we had these controllers be like this right yeah yeah they know how to play to their strengths totally yeah um what was i gonna bring out oh yeah one thing that i haven't even mentioned yet that i i it's it's it actually is my single favorite part of mario 64 uh my favorite character in video gaming is bowser Mm -hmm. and i feel like not only is this to this day maybe probably the best bowser fight in any mario game but I actually really liked the way they animated Bowser in this game. Like he's huge. I did too. He's he's so he was menacing. Like he was menacing, and like every time you would like flip in, like the music would start. Yeah, yeah. And you could you knew that something big was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I, I just love the way they made him. Like he's substantially bigger than Mario now. Mm-hmm. You know, like so like and like and now that's become like a common thing. But like this, what to me was the first game where they really established just how much bigger than Mario mm-hmm. Bowser is. And then. Uh, I'll tell you, dude, grabbing his tail and then swinging the analog stick and letting go was so cool. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, um, by the time this goes up, um, if, if, if I haven't fucked anything up, I'll be launching a Let's Play of the Super Mario World to go with it. Nice. And uh, I talk about it at the end of the Super Mario World Let's Play when I when I fight Bowser. Like, in the past, it was always you just dodge him and let him kill himself. You go get the axe or you throw Mecha Koopa. Like, it's, yeah. they're very basic. You know what I mean? Like, and in this one... It's so cool that it feels like a fight. You're like you got. He's bigger than you. He's stronger than you. I mean, the first like you have to fight him three times. Yeah, yeah. Which it was like a cool precedent that they set a little bit. Right. Where it's like the first time, like oh yeah, you hit him once and he's done. The second time you hit him once and he's done, but he adds a little bit more to it. Yeah, yeah. And then the third time you have to like throw him onto those bombs three times. Right. And he's like pounding away, like he's. And he does all of the new moves that he learned in the second fight. Yeah, yeah. And he's like chipping away at the stage. Yeah. So it's like in the shape of a star at the end. And it really feels like a like a like you like legitimately feel like you guys fought. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, like you know, when you think of like a fight, like in a video game or a cartoon or something, you picture like you know where they, the two characters like run at each other and then it like mm-hmm. freeze frames. Like is there, that's what it feels like in this one. And you're like you got to dodge his attacks, literally grab him and throw him into like you know what i mean like and i just loved i love everything about bowser in this game he's huge and he's menacing looking but at the same time he still has a little bit of that cartoonish kind of loser to him that said when you threw bowser did you hear so long king bowser oh no i don't remember because that's what it says but to me i always thought he was saying so long, gay Bowser. <laughs> gay Bowser. <laughs> like, a... Maybe that is what it was, and Nintendo's like, oh, no, it's King. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? It's, King it's like, Bowser. what a weird time to bring up his sexual... But all right. <laughs> this is so how... what's he want Princess for, then? <laughs> should be kidnapping Luigi. <laughs> I uh, I love the Bowser fights. I will say uh, I was disappointed, and I like especially now I kind of understand a little more. I was a little disappointed that more characters from the universe, like, I mean, we had, we just had all these Koopa kids introduced and they were getting so like, I love the Koopa kids, not yeah. baby Bowser. Baby Bowser sucks. 
Yeah. Or Bowser Jr., whatever you want to fucking but call But, like, there was no Luigi. No Luigi. The seven Koopa kids aren't in it, which Yoshi I... Yoshi you see once at the top of the thing right. at the very end. Now, for the record, like, I, I hate Yoshi, so I don't really... <laughs> fuck him. But, like, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Like, where's Yoshi? Where's Luigi? The thing that disappointed me the most was the Koopa kids. Because we'd fought them in Mario 3. I thought they were so cool. And then in Super Mario World, I thought they were just awesome. And like seeing them in 3D would be cool. Oh, it totally would have been, you know? And I was really looking forward to the idea of, of fighting the Koopa. I figured, I won't lie to you, like before I had played it, I thought it might be like a Koopa kid is in charge of each world. And then yeah. after you beat them all, you fight Bowser. But like, it, those, that's just nitpicking, you know? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's at the same time, like, I don't think they would have come up with seven unique fights for the seven Koopa kids that would have been as cool as the bowser fight yeah and it would have been kind of lame to just do it over and over and over again so i don't yeah, know i could I, I i could see uh i've actually never thought about that i could see where you, i can see where you're coming from though yeah i liked that it's it, like it would have been cool like to include some more characters from like the mario yeah lore. like because i mean like let's all be honest like one of the initial things that we all found so fascinating and cool about mario 64 was to see these characters that we've grown up and loved over the last 10, 15 years in 3d. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you kind of got a, a better idea. Like I said, with Bowser, I, I like, I've always thought Bowser looked cool, but like seeing him in 3d for the first time, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like yeah. now I see how big he's supposed to be. And like, it would, I would have been cool to see the kids that way. And just, you know what I mean? Or like, Luigi. Well, whatever. like or Luigi. I remember like, we were so de- disappointed that Luigi wasn't in this game that like the big rumor was like, Oh yeah, there's totally a way to unlock. Yeah. Luigi beat the game and game. get Luigi or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, but that's all just nitpicking. You know, they figure all that stuff out later. Um, there's just a lot of other little things. You know, I love the fact that they put a health meter in it. Yeah, that had never happened. Yeah, like it usually was like you're big, and then if you were touched, you were small. Yeah, and then you're dead. And in this one, like you don't get big. You just no. had that health meter, and you could fill it up by collecting coins. And I think. My, yeah, coins and, and like my favorite way is like anytime you got hurt, you could just dive underwater and then come back up. And, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing is he could drown in this one. Yeah, which he had never been able to do in a previous one. Which never made sense to me. Like, why could Mario stay underwater indefinitely yeah. in the two D ones? Well, they made it more real. Although I will. So here, I, literally, as I uh, give credit to the fact that he has to get up and breathe, uh, I fucking hated swimming in this game. I fucking hated it. I just, that was one of the, talking about the camera, the 3D, I just, it drove me fucking bananas. I just, I hated it. It was a little clumsy. And at times, like you would definitely oh. find yourself running low on air when you're like, no, I'm so close to the thing. Yeah. Now. Like at times you'd be, ah, fuck right off. But you're right. You could just go up and refill all your health. So it was kind of a cheat out. Oh yeah. And surfing on the shells was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. I liked that. Um, I don't know, man. I, um, you got any other thoughts on this thing before we kind of score this and wrap it up? No, no, not really. It was like, it was a fantastic game for what it was at the time. At the time, it was a perfect game. Now it's like, oh, it maybe didn't age as well. It's uh, got a few clumsy controls, but like just the worlds that they built, just the like, just that over, like that overworld of Peach's Castle with so many hidden secrets. For the time, this is the exact game they needed. You know what, man? I'm not kidding. Like, I came into this podcast intending to just shit all over this game. And I guarantee you, (laughs) if I listen back to the last 40 minutes, a majority of it was actually probably positive. Yeah. And that, to me, says just how much credit this game deserves when someone who doesn't even particularly like it can't help but praise it. Yeah. It it has to be on a list of, like, the five or probably the five most influential and important video games of all time. 
I, I totally believe that. It's everything to 3D gaming as Super Mario Brothers is to 2D. It's it's, it's a milestone game. Um, say what you will about how Nintendo fucked up the Nintendo 64, and they did. They did. Um, they they Nintendo showed as they've shown many many times that when they wanna when they wanna make a video game, just a pure fun mm-hmm. video game, there's no one in the business that can touch them. And I Absolutely. stand by that. Absolutely not. And they and they and they build consoles around the games they can make. And this is a case in point. This mm-hmm. game, I hate it, and it's still a ma- I hate it, and it's a masterpiece. <laughs> and like and that says something. Um, the, I mean, the nostalgia, like I said, the music, I would have played music off the intro. You guys, I'm going to have some music out the outro. We all love the music to this game. It's going to make us all feel like little kids again. We all loved messing around with oh, yeah, face. That was the other thing we didn't really touch on the fact that like the music was more or less entirely new. Oh, like the yeah. main theme was in there and like some of the stuff from, but like they actually made like a whole new soundtrack for this game yeah. and it like gives it its own identity and its own feel. Yeah. And it's great. It's, it's in, great. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. Uh, so I'll ask you then, like, cause I know mine. Do you uh-huh. have a favorite off the top of your head? I mean, it's been a while, but do you have a favorite song like levels music from the game? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but like, mm, okay. Well, like, okay. Second, the second Bowser fight. Okay. leading up to that just like the mute like how foreboding the music yeah is. yeah yeah and then like i thought i love the bowser fight song yeah that's what i was just gonna say too it's the, do, do, do. Yeah. the music from bowser and those levels going up to bowser and stuff are so mm-hmm. epic like they're just i love it it's yeah. really jacks fucking rattles me that like i hate this game and <laughs> and just, still and still respect everything still about have, it like you can't find a mean thing to say i, I like i want a nintendo 64 classic uh, as much as I don't think a lot of these games have aged well, if a Nintendo 64 Classic came out, um, this would obviously be on it, and this would be one Could of the... Could you imagine the... if they put the, put it out, this wasn't on it? Oh, they're like, fuck. oh yeah, we forgot about that one. Just how pissed everybody would be. I mean, so this episode is going live on June 12th, which if I'm not mistaken is the day after Nintendo's E3 conference. Yeah. So there, and, I, and I'll mention it, I will have mentioned it in the intro, I guess there's a chance Nintendo either announces a Nintendo 64 Classic or announces Nintendo 64 games for uh, the Switch. The rumor I've heard was that Super Nintendo. I think Super Nintendo's a lock, I think. I just, I, I'm just, maybe they'll do something with their 64 mm-hmm. catalog. Probably not because it's Nintendo and they don't like money. That's why they <laughs> fucking sit on their phenomenal back catalog. But uh, if by some chance they did, then uh, cool. I'm, like, I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, dude. If they announced it for Switch at E3, I'm going to buy it. And probably hate it, but I will play it. Yeah. Um, it's Mario 64. It's one of the it's one of the most iconic video games of all time. Anyone that downloaded this episode being like, I can't wait to listen to Adam fucking destroy this game. I'm sorry I didn't shit on it more. <laughs> I really tried and had intentions of it, and I just couldn't. Um, it was just a pu- it was like a puppy looking at you with its big puppy it's what it eyes, is. And, and I'm like, like, I can't. I yeah, fucking can't stay mad at you. It's funny you say that because I have the Wikipedia page in front of me right now, my computer, and yeah, Mario on the cover with those fucking giant blue eyes looking at you. And I'm like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Mark, what would you give Mario sixty four out of ten? At the time, ten. Now, let's say eight. <sighs> yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with. I'll go with an eight. I, I like. <laughs> I can't help it. I don't even like it, but it's 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 too important and great of a video game that I just don't like. Um, I loved that you came into this like fuck this game. I, can't, like, I know it's a 
pretty good game though it's the music and it just it gets me it just hits me in the feels the nostalgia i can't help it i guess that's what this podcast is about um listen i'm gonna say this again in the outro in about 30 seconds uh for everybody else but because mark is sitting here buddy uh you've been on the show probably 10 times in the first 50 episodes uh you always kill it and i know i'm out of my out of your way to come up to my fucking house because i live up in the far outskirts of edmonton um, thank uh, you very much for doing the podcast and always killing it when you do. Dude, I love doing this podcast. And uh, and uh, we'll do we'll do a bunch more in the next fifty next fifty days or weeks or whatever the fuck it is. Beautiful. Giddy up, you. buddy. is going to do it for episode 50 of Remember the Game. Mark McHugh, thank you so much for coming over talking Super Mario 64 with me. To all of you for listening, thank you so, so much for supporting the show over the last year. Uh, you guys, I've, I, I don't know how to thank you any more than I already have. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're interested in our Patreon in the additional episodes and being entered into a draw to win uh, some gift cards and stuff like that, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash remember the game. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at member the game. And uh, you guys keep listening, keep leaving reviews, keep reaching out, telling me you like the show, you hate the show. I suck, whatever. I don't care. Uh, interacting with me. This is not just a hobby for me now. This is a complete and utter obsession that I'm, I'm having so much fun doing. And I'm glad you guys have come along with the ride for the ride. Uh, fuck, I'm going to get good at this. It's the last thing I do. I'm so excited to see where the next 50 episodes go. Who knows what will roll out for episode 100, but uh, that is then. This is now. Thanks for listening, you guys. Patreon is up. YouTube.com slash Remember the Game. We've got videos going up over there. And I will be back next week as we start the track toward episode 100 with episode 51, uh, a game not nearly as iconic as Mario 64, but it's going to be just as fun, I promise. Take it easy, you guys. I will talk to you again in seven days. Cheers. (laughs) 